Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Billima's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between. Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Oh, hey there. Big Ten Backers, this is your host AJ with Buckeye Steve. We just call him Dop Beef. Big Ten Roundup, Week Three. We have our Midwest Corn Fest Game of the Week. Washington, number eight, Huskies versus the Michigan State Whackums. I mean, Spartans. How much corn does uh, Washington grow, by the way? I honestly don't know. It's probably just not going to be uh, top of the line, top notch, cream of the corn. Yeah. Midwest. Yeah, not edition. top 15 in the nation. But their football team is. No. no. Their, their football team's looking damn good. Speaking of their football team, the Huskies, with a Phoenix of their own, come in to try their hand with the Spartans. All the puns intended there, if you got them all. These Tuckerless Spartans will host this number eight ranked team in the Huskies. I don't think Mel Tucker himself can handle this Phoenix. Spartans, both offensively and defensively, will be tested in this game. They're going to need all the help they can get. Mark D'Antonio and Harlan Bartnett will help fill the role of coach. B, tell me more about these Huskies. Yeah, Tucker's going to need two hands for this one. In ordinary circumstances, I'd say this is where the rubber meets the road. But I guess in Mel Tucker's case, this is where flesh meets flesh. Dixon hand. We're going to pound town. I might not ever be able to stop these Mel Tucker jokes, so bear with me because it's funnier than hell, even though some people don't like it. So for like so for like the three people who are disgusted with all these comments and can't laugh at someone else's expense, grow up. Now let's talk about the Phoenix, because that's what men do. Michael Phoenix Jr., he's 57 for 78. For 859 yards, a 73.1 completion percentage. Now, for those of you that don't know, that's damn good. Eight touchdowns, one interception, one sack. Man, but who's he throwing to? Rome Adunze. He's a top two receiver uh, for yards in the nation right now. And this game's only going to make it better. Interestingly enough, Sparty is top five in the nation in passing yards allowed with 107 per game. That's pretty damn good. They've turned away more balls than Mother Teresa. What do you think, man? You got a prediction for this? I do have a prediction. The Phoenix of the Huskies is way too big for these Spartans to handle. They lose big. Huskies, 42 to 17. Plus, I got a joke for you, Beef. I'm ready for for it. You know how to make a clock out of a cock? A clock out a of clock a cock. A clock out of a cock. Uh, no, but I really want to know. Put your face into a handle. <laughs> oh, man. Where did that come from? So, I was fishing in North Carolina. This guy yelled across the river, do you know what time it is? And this girl's like, no. He's like, well, I can tell you how to make a clock out of my cock. Put your face in two hands on <laughs> Damn, that's pretty damn good. I about, about died, man. That shit had me... I'm going to have to use that one. Yes, sir. So, what's your prediction? But listen, I have love for Seattle, love the sale getting and everything, but I got to go with Sparty on this one. This is my upset of the year. Mark D'Antonio doesn't phone sex like a 17-year-old kid, but he will coach like a man. Let's not forget, we gave them credit for beating an 0-2 Boise State. Washington is a great team. I want them to be good coming in the Big Ten, but I'm just going with my gut here. Mark D'Antonio, 
save Sparty. And they win a big game up in East Lansing. And we'll be there to see it, baby. We will be there. I don't see that happening, but we'll be there. All right, so we got some big games for the Big Ten. We're going to start off with number seven, Penn State versus Illinois. 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 Penn State, man, they're looking like the second best team in the big. Aller is looking special. This will be his biggest challenge yet. Burt and the Bellies come off a bad road loss. Unlike Brett's appetite, these fighting Illini tend to show up late and get started slow. Beef, break down these teams. Man, if you start slow against Aller and the Nittany Lions, it's going to be a bad, bad, long day for Burt and the Bellies. But I'm starting to think this might be the best team in the Big Ten. PSU with Drew Aller, he's looking like he has balls for days, man. He's going to be teabagging Brett Billima like a Northwestern freshman orientation. The Illini quarterback, he has as many TD passes as he does interceptions. Look at this. Luke Altmeyer. he's 37 for 54 for 408 yards, 68.5 completion percentage, which, again, everything's looking good so far. But then you go to the touchdown-interception ratio, three touchdowns, three interceptions. That's not going to work against the Nittany Lions. He can't just run the ball against them. They got a stack defense. They got good second level help. They're fast. They're athletic. And the only thing really stopping them is their head coach, right? But we'll see if he can make the calls in the big games. They're going to win it all. They might, man. They're looking damn good. I mean, Altmaier definitely looking more like Oscar Meyer, as in Wiener, uh, the way he's been playing. But yeah, Penn State dick kicks the Illini back to irrelevance where they typically whine and dine. 34-17, Nittany Lions in this one for me, B. Man, the way the ball is popping out of Drew Aller's hands, it, he's he's the man. I, I'm, I'm real scared about him. I, I think Ohio State really lost the boat on not getting him. You know, I know they had the number one quarterback of all time who just showed why he's so special against Alabama. Transferred back out to Texas. They had they had a stud, but they lost another one in the process. So now they got none. And we'll see what McCord can do in his absence. Drew Aller, he's the man. PSU, huge. Yeah, you make a pretty good point, Beef. Ryan Day missed out on J.J. McCarthy for McCord. And also, Ewers for Aller, who probably was never going to be an Ohio State quarterback, came in just to grab some money. Is this the reason Ryan Day gets fired? I mean, that's, that's something that you're going to have to put in the back of your mind. And remember, these two quarterbacks that are showing out for Michigan and Penn State wanted to be in Columbus. But with that, let's move on. Louisville takes a 104-mile north trip to take on Tom Allen and his Hoosiers. This could be a sneaky, good ACC versus Big Ten matchup. Indiana, though, they got offensive woes like a pimp with no hose. Louisville struggle with Georgia Tech in their season opener. If Indiana loses this one, the fans will ask Tom Allen to take a bath with a toaster. What you got, B? Yeah, I think Jeff Brom knows a little about this Indiana team. He has a history in six seasons going four and one. One of the years was a COVID year and the game got canceled. History will repeat itself. The cards will win big. This really has a chance to make the Big Ten look bad. You know, if we were right, Louisville wins this game. The Big Ten's lost a lot of games against other conferences so far. C-A-R-D-S. Cards, cards, cards. They win it. They win it easy. I'm with you, Beef. I think Louisville wins 27-21. Yo, Tom Allen, fire up that toaster. Do you really think the Indiana fans care enough to get him fired? I don't think so. 
He's there for a while. Yeah, you know, he's probably going to have to uh, beat off on the phone while talking to somebody to get out of there. Probably. All right, let's move on to another penis-looking coach. Uh, What about Minnesota at number 20, North Carolina? Golden Gophers take to the road and find themselves in Tar Heel country. Both teams come into this game undefeated. North Carolina had a nice win against an SEC, not so much power, South Carolina. While Minnesota did get a conference win of their own against Nebraska, North Carolina appears to be the more talented team, better coached. This one could get ugly fast, in my opinion. What's your thoughts, B? Yeah, I'm pretty sure my nephew said he put a gopher up his ass after watching a South Park episode. Needless to say, when I visited him in the hospital, it didn't go well for him or the gopher. And much like that, it won't go well for the gopher in this case either. PJ Fleck will face a shitstorm while rowing his boat in feces quite the same as the gopher had before. Heisman candidate Drake May will party like it's Cinco de Mayo singing Daddy Yankee the whole way. As AJ prefers, Callie Lickamyanus has horrible stats. Listen to this. 34 of 59, 313 yards, 57.6 completion percentage, one touchdown, two interceptions to go along with four sacks. I don't know how that makes you feel, but I think someone's going to be licking someone's anus. No, I agree with you. I think Mac Brown is poised to choke a gopher, man. Erotic asphyxiation, anyone? This is a choke and suck match. Mac Brown going to choke a bitch, and these gophers going to suck. Heels 34, gopher 17. Kaliak Manis sucks it up again. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, got another sneaky good game. We got Purdue versus Syracuse. Purdue is fresh off a victory against another ACC team, taking on its second challenger. The Boilermakers make a splash and get another win against the ACC by taking down the Qs. Or do the Qs line up and smoke this train? What you got, beef? Man, just imagine this. If the Boilermakers are what keeps the Big Ten strong against other conferences, what the fuck? The Boilermakers may still have a stiffy after busting all over the Hokies last week. They're ready for a second act with the ACC. If Syracuse wins, it'll be the first time in back-to-back seasons they've gone 3-0 and to start the season since 1950-1960 seasons. Last year's game was a hell of a game with Purdue losing late. They pretty much gave the game away. But here's what we got for stats. Syracuse has a running back, LaQuint Allen. He has four touchdowns. But looking further into it, I just just looking at the highlights, you can see that two of those from last week were just one to three yards rushing. So no big deal. Those stats are like a four inch dick. Nothing to brag about. But what I did see here was their quarterbacks. They have two quarterbacks that have played um, this Garrett Schrader. He's 37 of 54 for 543 yards, 68.5 completion percentage, five touchdowns, one interception. And then they got this other guy, Carlos Del Rio Wilson who's 15 of 22 for 206 yards for a 68.2 completion percentage, three touchdowns, no interceptions. They've been blowing out some pretty bad teams in Colgate and Western Michigan, so take it for what it's worth. We're not going to know until these two play the game who's the better team. No, I'm with you, man. I got Purdue running a train in a very close match. Much like you need when you're running a train, I got Purdue riding with an extended stiffy into Big Ten play. All right, man. Virginia Tech. I guess they want to down the big as well. They're taking on their second big team, and Virginia Tech could not down the last big opponent it tried to swallow. guess they are moving on to the Scarlet Knights. Greg Schiano has his Knights undefeated and a conference win under their armor. Virginia Tech is hoping to bounce back and get back on track. Two 
out-of-conference losses could spell doom for the Hokies. Rutgers goes full Mel Tucker, pulls off the win here, Beef. What do you think? Is Virginia Tech trying to slide its way in the back tour of the Big Ten with no lube or what? Two Big Ten opponents in a row? Problem is, if they're trying to pull a drunken whoops wrong hole, they need to actually win the game. They need to make, you know, a case for themselves to the Big Ten if they're going to ride that Hershey Highway. The Beef concurs. Rutgers cock blocks the Hokie for its quest for anal. All right, man, we're going to move on to these next couple games. They're not quite cupcakes, not quite good games, but they're still an ACC Big Ten matchup. Virginia's trash, Northwestern's trash, Maryland's okay, Duke is pretty good. Uh, So Virginia's at Maryland, Maryland wins this one. Northwestern's at Duke, obviously Duke wins this one. I don't know if you have anything to add. Yeah, I got Maryland big. And Duke, big. Not much to add. I kind of concur. All right. Well, let's move on to the cupcakes. As always, sponsored by Brett Billima's Gut. We got Georgia Southern at Wisconsin. Woo! That's a big one. Oh, no, it's not. No one cares. <laughs> Western Michigan at Iowa. Woo, buddy. Iowa better get their, I think it's 31 points now that they need. Oh, yeah. He ain't getting it. We got Northern Illinois at Nebraska. The only thing intriguing about this game will roll in Nebraska actually get their first win. They fucking better, man. Next, we got Bowling Green at Michigan. Another cupcake for Michigan. They roll big. Do they have their coach back? They don't have their coach back yet. One more game. Speaking of cupcakes, Ohio State's on to another one. Western Kentucky at number six, Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, we should have dropped OSU a little further. But after this week, against a team averaging somewhere like 46 or 47 points per game. If they look average again, they're going to drop hard, man. And speaking of dropping, let's take a look at our top 25 NIL fan votes. Top 25, AJ, what do you think? Yes, sir. Let's get on to it. Out of this NIL fan vote top 25, let's take a look at the top 10. I want to go down the list. You tell me who you think are B's or double D's. Starting off with our number one team, Texas. Are they B's or double D's, Beef? They're as double D as it gets, man. We do things a little differently in our top 25. First of all, they got to have some games played. This is the beginning of the season. These first couple weeks, it's all about who you played, what have you shown me, because we need big wins, double D on double D. We need those titties popping, bouncing people over like those balls they put people in at halftime. I need to see something like that. We need some big games. So Texas is number one. They got those double Ds for a reason. They're staying there until someone else comes up with a better win. I'm with you, B. What about Florida State? They Bs or double Ds? They got the double Ds for now. Anyone in the top four has got the double Ds. We got them at two. They had the big, big game against LSU to start the season. Now, I know game one, it's hard to compare, but who else has a better win? Texas. That's it. All right. You said our top four. They're all supporting them double Ds. So top four, Texas. One, Florida State, two, Michigan, three, Georgia, four. Now we're outside of the top four beef. Washington, they they got a nice rack Ooh, or not? They get they definitely got a handful, but I think we're keeping them at the C rack for now. Right on. What about Ohio State, man? They've been struggling. I, their offense is not Ryan Day-esque. Are they, are they looking a little bit more like in the B territory? Or are you thinking they're C? It's almost like they have one boo bigger than the other. They got a C and a B. I can't really figure it out. I don't know. I mean, we need to see them against someone good. This next game, 
might give us a little bit, but we're not going to know anything until they play Notre Dame. So yeah, they got one B, one C. They should be down further. Honestly, Penn State should be above them. Notre Dame and USC should be above them. And next week, they probably will if they don't show out. I agree. Well, speaking of Penn State being right there behind them and should be ranked in front of them, you think they're uh, they're packing that cleavage? Yeah. They're looking good in the sun? Yeah, and I think that, you know, Illinois is going to give them at least, you know, somewhat of a game to, like, see really where they're at. But, yeah, I think that they got that C cup and... uh they're pushing towards the top. We'll see what they got. Let, might be pumping those titties up pretty soon. All right, so you got two teams here. They're also going to play each other down the road. They're both looking good. They haven't played the greatest of competition. Who's got the bigger set here? Who's got the better breast? USC, Notre Dame. Hard to tell. I mean, USC looked really good on defense against Stanford, but they looked really bad against San Jose State. I, I need to see a bigger team. I need to see a bigger matchup before I really inflate those breast assists. Notre Dame, on the other hand, they look like they have the receivers. They look like they have the quarterback. Whether they have the defensive line to withstand a big-time team, I guess we're going to find out in a week. I, You know, I give yeah, them Cs. Alabama, I give anyone the top 10 Cs right now. That's fair. I mean, Alabama kind of got their breast implant busted. One's probably looking a little fuller than the other. They might have to go in and get some surgery done, get that busted bag out of there. What's your thoughts on Alabama? Alabama needs a little help. And maybe it's just the beginning of the season, new quarterback. They got their loss at the beginning of the season right where you want it. If you're going to lose, now's the time to lose because you don't want to be losing after September. Let's see what happens. Alabama can definitely turn it around. They got the roster to do it. But their offensive line... And in the trenches in general, they just got manhandled by Texas. I mean, Texas's offensive line was pushing around that defensive line like it was on skates, man. So there's a lot of work to do for Alabama. They got new coordinators, so maybe it'll take some time. We'll see what happens, but I don't think they're coming back, man. I really don't. I don't think even the surgery is going to help. Yeah, I think they might be deflated for at least this year. All right. So now we got through the top 10. Not much is too different outside of our top 10 with an AP poll. Pretty close. I mean, I think the only thing is we have Kansas rated and maybe no one else does. LSU is a little further down than in our poll than anywhere else. But I think that's, you know, about it. So what three teams on our NIL fan vote top 25 that are outside of the top 15 have a chance at making a run to the playoffs? These are ones that cross my eye. Old Miss, Kansas State, and Kansas. What do you think? Man, I don't know, Beef. I think Kansas and Kansas State, they're going to run into a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I would count them out, man. I don't think I don't think they make a splash. Texas is looking too big. Chainsaw's revved up. Ain't happening. Ole Miss, maybe they have an outside shot. Maybe. Maybe they can pull some rocky bullshit and go the distance. I don't really see it happen. I don't really see that happening. Uh, but I like your well wishes, Beef. So who's Ole Miss going to lose to? Because I, I see them at the moment. Good chance of running the West. I just don't think they're that much of a dominant team. I think Alabama could beat them. I think LSU could beat them. I think they could beat them as well. But I just don't think they run through the gauntlet. I think that they're good enough to beat any of those teams. But to run through all those teams is not going to happen. Got it. All right. Well, let's take a look at what some of the fans are saying on our NIL fan vote. We post this all over boards everywhere. This is primarily on Facebook. So some Oklahoma fans are pissed about Texas being number one. Robert Merchant commented, Texas number one. Horseshit. What else would you expect from an Oklahoma fan, to be honest with you? But Gwen Wicks actually says, I hate to say it, Texas looks good. I'm with you, Gwen. It pains me to say it, but Michigan looks good. They could win a title, too. 
What do you think about these OU fans thinking they need to be rated a little bit higher and Texas is overrated? All I have to say is, are you fucking kidding? I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Oklahoma ranked 14th and this NIL fan vote poll is like fucking helping an old lady walk across the street. They shouldn't even be there. They shouldn't be that high. The model was high on them at the beginning of the year. They barely went bowling last year. Couldn't barely get into a damn bowl game and you're going to be like, oh, they need to be higher than 14. Get out. Get out of town. So what are you saying? We should Not to go on a rant. What are you saying? We shouldn't walk an old lady across the street or we're doing them a favor like walking them across the street? You know, we're doing them a favor by walking them across the street, but you know, maybe you should do the whole Woody Hayes thing. What did Woody Hayes say about compliments? He said, don't ever take a compliment unless she's a lady over 80. I didn't know that. That's knowledge to me today. Let's go and see some of these uh, Buckeyes that are a little off the wall, man. Brian Dunney commented, haters, this is why we're number six. They, I mean, these people are thinking OSU's way underrated. I mean, I, I think we have them overrated. I'm an Ohio State fan. This is mind-blowing to me, but okay. What do you think? I mean, if you're an Ohio State fan, you should pride yourself in knowing good football. Um, coming from the Wisconsin point of view, like you, Ohio State's always... Maybe not always, but they're usually the top team out of the big. Obviously, they've been challenged the last couple of years. But as a fan, you should know good football. And I'm going to tell you that this this Ohio State team is not where they need to be. I'm not saying they can't get where they need to be, but they're definitely not there right now. And that's why they should be rated lower, in my opinion. They are one of the worst teams on third down proficiency. They are not a top passing team, and they're not a top running team. So where are you coming from? And they don't have a historically good defense under Ryan Day either. So why and what? Why and what the hell are you thinking wanting them to be higher than they are? If you're a knowledgeable football fan, then you should know that they're probably overrated at this point. And speaking of knowledgeable, I got to let our listeners know, man, we are crushing it. Top 25% of all podcasts. This is insane. We have only been doing this for what, five weeks? Is that- yes, sir. It's been on the air for five weeks. Obviously, a couple more weeks of planning prior to that. But yeah, like like Pete said, we're killing it. We're up there. Hey, sponsors, man. We got an audience. We're growing in Europe. Oh. We're growing in Europe like crazy. This is insane. I didn't think we were going to be an international podcast, you know, being college football and all. American college football. But we are. It's all over, man. So like us, subscribe, rate it, please. Like anything you can do to help. We can keep this coming to you for years to come. But speaking about sponsors, I wanted to let you know about my reverse sponsor. Now, this is a little bit different, and I don't know that anyone else is out there doing it, but fuck you, Verizon. I hate you. I hate everyone that works there. Your customer service is garbage. If you need anything done, make sure you have two days vacation to take because they're going to make you take it to get anything done. And it might not even get done. Just a word for the wise. If you choose that cell phone carrier, choose someone else. B, we always love to watch you get off on your chest. We appreciate you again. They suck dick. They do. It's kind of like being a passenger in Mel Tucker when he's on the phone. You just don't want to be there. Nice. Well played, sir. Yeah, let's move on and uh, let's trim the landscape, man. Let's uh, let's get the ball trimmer out and get the trim in this bush. Oh, we keep getting that ball trimmer out, man. I always Let's bring out that, that trimmer. The ball trimmer, that is. Let's trim the landscape. Week three of Dave. Is there any good games this week? Can someone please take the trash out to the curb already? This is a blue ball special in this week three. For fuck's sake, do better college football. This is ridiculous. We need better games than this. But with that said, let's get into some games that are maybe worthy of time talking about 
We got Kansas State versus Missouri, number 15 Kansas State. This is the team that everybody forgets about. You have no idea they're there, not even close to being on your radar. It's that girl who always wears sweats and hoodies, and you see her in a dress for the first time. You're like, where the fuck was she packing that dump truck and that rack? But anyways, back to football. Kansas State better be careful, though. This is definitely a snake bit kind of game on the road in the SEC. The SEC has been slipping as of late, but yeah, B, what you got? Well, fuck, man. You got my attention with that dump truck reference. I love a good dump truck. That's why I have a Latina wife, man. It's a must for me. But Kansas State, they're definitely overlooked, man. They're top 15 in the AP poll, 21 in the NIL fan vote poll, but no one's talking about them. They're going to have to pull a Will Smith and smack a bitch up on a big stage so they can get some publicity. I can't even talk about stats against Southeast Missouri or Troy. But they took care of business just like they should. Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz, they're garbage, man. He'll be packing his bag soon. They just had a 23-19 win over Middle Tennessee State. Just squeaked out that win, man. Kansas State's coach, Chris Kleiman, won four national titles at North Dakota State. The Bison, baby. Game Day even made an appearance there in 2013. Kleiman was a defensive coordinator then, but he's still a vital part of that team. So that... I mean, I got to go with Kleiman. He, he's taking care of business then. He's taking care of business now. I don't even think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be closer than the experts think. I'll take Kansas State wins a 10 pull away late kind of game. Let's talk about BYU at Arkansas. BYU, they find themselves in Razorback territory on this Saturday evening. I feel like no one is thinking about this game, but you should. Only because the slate is so bad. There's no baddies around. You still got to take someone home. This might be the ugly girl you got to take home on Saturday. Because like I said, there's no other baddies around. But take a look at this game. Arkansas is favored by eight. The SEC is looking the softest it's ever been. Somebody better get the SEC some blue chew already. But does BYU have what it takes to win this one straight up? Yeah, they both played garbage teams and the stats are similar. So I'm gonna, I took a look at this and broke it down a little bit by total yards. Um, 325 to 340. So what we have here is Arkansas has got the 343. They got a little bit better balance. So Arkansas, much, much like a bisexual, is getting the best of both worlds with yards through the air and yards on the ground. And the more balanced they attack and being at home, I give Razorbacks the win. But let's deep dive into that. They have 205 yards passing, 138 yards on the ground. BYU... 246 yards passing, 79 yards on the ground. Arkansas gives up 245 yards a game, and BYU gives up 265. So pretty similar there, too. It's just at home, a little bit more balanced attack. Got to give it to Arkansas. Also, that quarterback, Jefferson, he's the real deal, man. He's going to will them to a win if he has to. Right on. I'm taking the Razorbacks 24-20 to 20 in this one. But I think the next game is probably the one everybody's kind of looking most forward to. Maybe not have the glory yesteryear. But you're still going to tune in. You're still going to watch. It's a rivalry game. Number 11, Tennessee at Florida State. Tennessee, man, they they look like a Tourette's guy trying to give a public speech last week. They struggled with Austin P. man. Like, how are you going to struggle with Austin? But then again, the Gators look like they haven't found their way. Losing big on the road at Utah. But that could be erased, man. That feeling of how bad the Gators are could be erased if they can take down the Volunteers. Joe Milton will need to be at his best. It's easy to play like ass in the swamp, boy. It's easy to get swamp ass down there in Florida. If he loses this one, Swamp Ass Joe will be his nickname on this podcast for the rest of the season. What you think? Wait, who's the quarterback at Florida? 
Graham Mertz, 45 of 61, a 73.8 completion percentage for 526 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. While that might not sound bad, I look for him to throw two interceptions in a pivotal part of the game. Tennessee has not won in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium since 2003. I was just getting legally drunk at that time. And wow, 50 Cent was just starting to gain popularity. I was just a year past playing my last college football game. Tennessee breaks the streak, Mertz, like I said, with two pivotal picks to lose the game. This game is about as sloppy as a cut-rate strip club dancer. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to take Fighting Bobby Hills to lose on the road. 27 to 25 Gators W. All right, so the next section is going to be big names, but they're kind of crappy games. LSU at Mississippi State. Any thoughts on this one, Beef? It could tell us if LSU is bad or Florida State was really good. Who knows? I mean, I can see LSU doing anything. We discussed this earlier. I don't know if LSU is going to pull everything together or just fold for the season. It's a wait and see approach. And Mississippi State, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know what they bring to the table yet. No, that's fair. I agree. This one probably isn't that crappy of a game. I think Mississippi State can hang with LSU. But the next one, man, everybody's kind of been hyping up this game. South, this is not a good game. This is not going to be fun to watch unless you're a Georgia fan. Hey, at least it's a power five team. Something for us to look forward to with the dogs. I mean, there's a possibility things to go bad for the dogs. Maybe they have to overcome and show us that they can do it. Maybe they have to ride the coattails of their brand new starting quarterback. We'll see, man. Right on. We got some sleeper games out there. They're not necessarily fun to watch. They're not necessarily big games or they're crappy teams, but they're both crappy or they're both kind of trying to find their way. And that's why it's a sleeper game, just based on it could be interesting how the game plays out. So Fresno State, Arizona State, Arizona State struggling. Fresno State's pretty good. We'll see how this one ends up. And then we got TCU on the road at Houston. TCU needs to bounce back from that Colorado loss. Houston, they're both kind of solid teams. I think they're kind of on the same page as far as competitiveness. Should be a good game. Pittsburgh and West Virginia, both trash. Uh, But since they're both trash, when you put trash and trash together, you know, it makes for fun YouTube videos. Yeah, Pat Narduzzi's just trying not to get hired at Michigan State. He doesn't want to be part of that dumpster fire. Right on. Well, let's get Jamie on the line so he can provide us a little update on all these Pac-12 Heisman candidates out there, man. Hey, AJ. Thanks for having me on the show again. I'm excited to give you what I see is where the Pac-12 sits in this year's Heisman race. I'm going to give you my list as it sits. Definitely debatable. One thing I think is not debatable is who's number one atop the Pac-12 Heisman runners. And that's got to be Caleb Williams, quarterback out at USC. He's all over ESPN right now and for good reason because he's playing the game of football like my son plays Madden. He is phenomenal in what he can do with the football and what he can do to extend the plays. Right now, he sits with 878 yards through three games, 78.6% completion percentage, 12 touchdowns, and no interceptions. And he's done that all while being out by halftime in most of those games. A big staple to why he's number one is the 49 points he put up against Stanford in the first half. To me, that was his Best victory so far, and uh, I'm expecting to see a lot more to come. Week five is his first big test, and that's Colorado. I don't think he'll be tested by their defense, but I definitely think he'll need to keep putting up points. And number two, the only non-quarterback on this list, and that's Travis Hunter, the wide receiver, the defensive back. 
the Mr. Everything of Colorado. He's the only two-way player that I know of at the D1 level right now, and he is playing lights out. He's doing both positions to an exceptional level. He is what it means to be a Heisman. He is what it means to be the most valuable player on your team. He is doing it time and time again, and that's why he sits at the top of my list here at number two. He's got one interception, seven tackles, but his 14 receptions for 192 yards in two games. That's phenomenal. He's going to be tested throughout the season. It's going to be coming up week four. You, you can see him traveling to Oregon with week five is going to be at home against USC. So those are going to be some good primetime games. See if Coach Prime can cook up a game plan. Next up, his own teammate. The man who throws him the ball, Shadur Sanders. He is where he's at. I, I struggled with this. I had Michael Penix Jr. number three, Shadur Sanders number three. I And I went with Shadur Sanders because of what the schedule he's gone up against, the teams he's gone up against, the stage that he's been on, and the way he's performed. 903 yards, 77.5% completion percent, six passing touchdowns with one rushing touchdown, and zero interceptions. You're going to see a lot of that going forward with the Pac-12 QBs is zero interceptions. And that's kind of a bright spot along with the completion percent. But I, I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped about what Sanders has brought. I, I didn't count him in my top QB list. I didn't count him in my top player list going into the season. But what he's done, he's stepped up and he's, and he's putting on a show. I'm excited to see what happens. Like I said before, they travel to Oregon for week four at home against USC. That's where he's going to be tested. That's where his spot in the Heisman race is going to be defined. And throughout the Pac-12 is going to be a challenge. Number four, you heard me mention him earlier, Michael Penix Jr. out of UW. Man, I saw him in person once this year already. He's the real deal. He's phenomenal. I'm excited to see what he brings throughout the season. I mean, heck, he should be good. This is his sixth year in college football, so... You know, he is their elders, so he should be putting on a show for them. He is sitting at 859 yards with 73.1% completion percent, eight touchdowns, one interception. I think just like everybody else, it's going to come down to that Pac-12 schedule, and you're going to hear me beat that drum over and over again that these guys are going to go against each other, and they're going to test each other, and those guys are going to be on display And that's how they're going to be judged. Next up, may not be your favorite, but he sure is mine. And that's Bo Nix at number five. Most people probably thought I'd rank him number one, but no, I'm I'm a realist here. He's, He's played good enough to be on the list, but he still has more to prove. With 646 passing yards, 77.5 completion percentage, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, adding in 46 rushing yards. He did that while only playing half half the game, you know, in, in week one. I, I'm excited to see what comes. The problem he's going to have, besides the schedule that I keep talking about, is Oregon is a rushing team. They're sitting at 230 rushing yards average per game as a team. That's going to take the ball out of his hands. He's not going to get those stats that you might see from Caleb Williams, from Shadur Sanders, from Michael Penix Jr. But as long as they keep winning, he'll keep being in the conversation. Week four, 
at home against Colorado. Should be a good time for him to be on prime time there. It should be a good test. So that's my top five for the Pac-12. I have a couple honorable mentions that I'd like to... I don't think that they will be atop the list. I don't think they'll get an invite at the end of the year to New York. But I do want to talk about them because there's some immense talent coming out of the Pac-12. And it'd be a shame not to. First up, that's Cam Ward out of Washington State. He got that big win against Wisconsin. He's passed for 663 yards with a 70.4% completion percent, five touchdowns, another zero interceptions, 83 rushing yards, and one touchdown. He's playing lights out. He played a big game. All right, don't don't beat me up on this name here, but it's Oregon State's quarterback, DJ Uwe Ungolale. All right, I wrote it down to pronounce, so that, that's why I might have said it correctly. I probably still said it incorrectly, but get that name down. He's going to be immense talent. He's got 346 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, but he's also added three touchdowns on the ground. He hasn't been playing full games yet. I'm excited to watch when they go up against some tough talent. The two quarterbacks I just talked about, Cam Ward, DJ Uyunglele, they play each other week four, and they will test each other, and I'm excited for that matchup. One shout-out is to freshman quarterback Dante Moore. He's been going through his own quarterback battle over at UCLA, and he, quite frankly, has won. Chip Kelly is very mysterious and will not say who the starting QB is, but he has been putting on a show. If they want to win, it's going to be through him. 433 yards, 61.5% completion that's his rough spot five touchdowns one interception if this kid continues to be the starter i have him pegged to be a freshman all-american and that's something that would be pretty cool to see for the pac-12 with all these heisman hopefuls so there you have it that's my list and i appreciate you taking the time to to hear it out all right aj thank you let's get seattle matt on the line for another segment of Vegas does Matt until he can turn the tide. I think uh, Vegas is doing Matt a little extra right now, huh? 10 and 10 last week. So for the season, you are what? 19 and 22 on the year. So we didn't ever, we never determined what happens with a tie, but since the overall you're losing, Vegas is still doing you. We'll give you this for last week. Vegas is still fucking you in the ass, but you're giving a reach around. Yeah. So at least you're getting something out of it. As long as we're getting something. Yeah, we're giving something out of it. I don't know. So what do you got for us? You want to start off with Penn State, Illinois? Yeah. Illinois or Illinois? Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. Well, they got to win a Big Ten game before we'll go back to Illinois. Um, this is yeah, probably. You drop the S with a win. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably uh, the biggest. Uh, matchup in the Big Ten this week, which isn't saying a whole lot. It's a pretty rough week three slate in college football. This is a game right now. Penn State's minus 14 and a half. They are going to Champaign to play. This one started out at 15, so we haven't seen a lot of line movement with the spread. Same with that over-under. Started at 48, now 48 and a half. So you're really just not seeing much movement on either side of it. Probably money's pretty even on both sides. That hook is very dangerous. I would probably be leaning a little bit towards Illinois with that hook, but I'm curious what your two thoughts on this. Penn State all the way. Drew Aller's got it. They're gonna. He's going to have three touchdowns in the first quarter probably. 
I'm with Beav. I don't see how Illinois covers this spread. I'm taking Penn State and the over. Fair enough. Issue solved. Two against one, you lose. <laughs> Vegas is fucking you again. Not only is Vegas fucking you, but now we're fucking you. On to the next we'll one. Determine that, we'll North determine Carolina. that Sunday morning, like we do in most cases. Okay, touche. <laughs> Minnesota, North Carolina, what do you got? Yeah, this one again, one of those games where you're not seeing a lot of movement on, on either the spread or the over-under. Right now, North Carolina minus 7.5, started out at 6.5. That over-under, it started at 49, and we're now seeing it at 50.5. So really not a ton of movement in either direction. I am probably leaning North Carolina with this one. I don't like the seven and a half. If you could buy that down to seven or six and a half, I would jump all over it. But I would say if you're just going straight pick them, I'd be looking at North Carolina. How about you, Adam? Yeah, I'll take North Carolina. I'm right there with you, Matt. I think they go over the seven and a half and they get a big win here. The beef concurs. I wish I would have got that starting spread at the six and a half, but I think they can get that seven and a half too. You two have seen Minnesota in person, you know, so you have a better feel of of what that what that team looks like. Lucky to be undefeated. Jeff Sims handed them three turnovers and they still barely won the game. It kind of looked like LSU, Mississippi State. What we got? Yeah. And again, I, I think you're going to start seeing a trend here until we get towards the end. Another game, but just not a lot of movement. Uh, started out at minus nine LSU, now at nine and a half. So you're seeing kind of the public moving a little bit more towards the LSU. Started out at 53 and a half, now up to 54 and a half. Again, not not much traction on either of those. A little bit of line movement's pretty normal. Really, you're, I'm taking Mississippi State in the points. I mean, I don't know if you've seen that LSU defense, but they couldn't cover anything, man. They were, they were terrible. So I'm going to take Mississippi State. So Mississippi State, LSU... I stay away, man. I I don't want to touch this one. I don't know what's going on with either school. I could see LSU just becoming a dumpster fire. I could also see them getting back up into the top 10. So I have no idea. I stay away until I know more about them. And Mississippi State, who knows? I mean, they got to... You like anything with that over-under at all or just stay away completely? I I stay away from this game completely. Fair enough. Not not touching it. (laughs) That's the first thing you haven't touched in a while. Moving right along, Florida State, Boston College. What do we got going on here? Yeah, this this one is interesting. And and as we're kind of going through these segments, talking about looking at spreads and over-unders and things like that, you're going to start to see times where lines or spreads can move very dramatically. And there's usually one of two major reasons why you're going to see that. One, typically a quarterback or a star player is injured. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Who got hurt? No one. Because the second got- reason no one. you're going to see crazy line swings is weather. And that is what we got in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. Hurricane Lee barreling down the East Coast in the Northeast. And what you're seeing here is a starting over-under at 56.5 for Florida State Boston College. It is now at 47.5. That is a nine-point swing in five days and that is all due to the hurricane-like winds of hurricane lee with this being a weather game you're also seeing that spread has not moved all that much it started at 28 it's now 26 and a half what they're really telling you is rain gusty winds really bad boston college team florida state goes in there sloppy four touchdown game get back to Tallahassee. With the weather being a factor, 
AJ Beef, what do you think is going to happen here? Uh, you know, the one thing that stands out in my mind is, you know, just the blowing of the wind. And the only thing that should have been blowing worse was your mother, because you're a load your mom should have swallowed. Well, that's rough, Beef. What's crazy to me is we have a, a Florida State team playing all the way up in Boston, and Boston's the one with the hurricane. What world are we living in right now? This is fucking weird. Yeah, Speaking about blow, the only good blow is in Miami. <laughs> well, I think that matchup's in a few weeks, Florida State, Miami. Here's the thing. Notoriously, weather people are wrong. And that's another factor to consider with all of this. But that being said, Florida State is vastly superior across the board to Boston College. Even if there is rain, even if there is wind, I can see Florida State running the football, doing what they need to do, get in, get out of that game. I like Florida State in this one, regardless of a hurricane. AJ, what are your thoughts? Man, it's tough. Probably one you should stay away from, but I'm not going to chicken out like beef. I'll take Florida State to cover. Good man. Give me the points with Boston College. Taking the points on the Eagles. Let's get into a little rapid fire. What you got on Northwestern and Duke? Yeah, Duke minus 18 and a half uh, coming off that huge week one win against Clemson may not look as big in the year end. Northwestern, terrible against Rutgers. They were the Burns when you pee game of the week last week. I like Duke minus 18 and a half. Western Michigan, Iowa. Iowa, you know, you beat your in-state rival. They started out minus 23 and a half. They're now minus 28 and a half. I understand Western Michigan's a bad football team, but you're telling me you're giving me 20 and a half points. Any team playing Iowa makes you pause. Western Kentucky Hilltoppers against these Ohio State Buckeyes. Started out at minus 27 and a half, now 29 and a half. You're seeing it waver between that 28 point. We all know what that kind of means from a touchdown perspective, where I would probably go under, to be honest with you, at 64, just because I think Ohio State's defense has consistently showed up in two weeks, looking really good in all their assignments. Still not certain of combo board. Washington, Michigan State. The game will be at. Absolutely. East Lansing, AJ and B will be in attendance. Please check them out on Peacock. This is one, again, not a lot of line movement. You're seeing Washington consistently around minus 16, minus 16 and a half. That over-under has dropped a little bit. But as I said earlier in the week, this Washington offense may be one of the best offenses in college football. They are scoring at will. That offense travels. You know, if this game was late November, I'd be worried at what East Lansing weather's like. It's not. It's mid-September. It's going to be gorgeous. Washington's going to put up a ton of points. Just to be clear, you wanted people to check me and AJ out on the cock? That is what I was saying, yes. We'll we'll write it with style. Don't worry about it. What about Bowling Green and Michigan? Yes. So what we're looking at with Michigan, obviously 2-0. have played East Carolina. I played UNLV. Nothing exciting. But here's the thing. Michigan, 0-2 against the spread this year. What that's telling me is, yeah, they're not giving up a lot of points. Their defense doing what they're doing. Offense isn't clicking right now. And it's okay if you're not clicking in September. But when you're looking at a line like this, it was at 41 and a half. It's now down to 40 and a half. You're seeing those lines going down because these teams are not covering the spreads. Okay. What do you got for Virginia and Maryland? Maryland, funny game last week, played a terrible Charlotte team coming in, gave up two really early touchdowns to Charlotte. So that end score was a little deceiving. A couple fluke plays in there. Virginia, they played with a lot of heart last week, obviously. You know, they played with a lot of energy. But James Madison poured it on in the fourth quarter. And I did say James Madison poured it on in the fourth quarter. Even Maryland minus 14 and a half here. I liked them rolling away with that. We had this next one as a sneaky good game. What do you think on Louisville and Indiana. So I'll say you're the two people in the country who have it as a sneaky good game. 
I'm not seeing a lot of substance here. Indiana, Indiana played well against the run in week one against Ohio State, but that was about all I really saw out of that was substance as well. Louisville, Louisville is going to be a 500 ACC team, but I think Indiana is going to be at the bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten. You got minus 10 Louisville. You got the over-under of 50 and a half. This looks like your traditional mediocre college football game. I'd probably lean Louisville on this one. Indiana can surprise. They have a lot of heart. All right, let's rapid, rapid fire. Let's get this going. Georgia Southern. Yeah. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, minus 20, coming off a bad loss in Pullman. Give me the Badgers. Virginia Tech and Rutgers. Yeah, Rutgers minus seven. Virginia Tech's a terrible football team this year. Give me Rutgers at home, minus seven. Northern Illinois, Nebraska. Take the points until Nebraska proves to me otherwise. So give me the Huskies of Northern Illinois. Syracuse and Purdue. So I will insert what you said about Louisville, Indiana, that this one sneaky good game, Syracuse, Purdue. Uh, Syracuse minus two and a half. They've been playing pretty well so far this year. I like Purdue in this one. Also take the over. All right. The in-state rivalry. Colorado, Colorado State. Personally, I have no idea what's going on in Colorado, if that's going to implode, when it's going to implode. But I will say Colorado State has consistently been bad for a while. Give me prime time. Minus 23 and a half. Fresno State and Arizona State. I know a lot of the East Coast Midwest not watching uh, Fresno State. Put up a lot of points. Pretty good team. Arizona State's got a down year coming off Herm Edwards being gone. Give me Fresno State minus three. And you know, it springs us to our last segment. And if it burns when you pee, you still got to pee. You still got to try to get it out. And much like that, when there's some shitty games on TV, you're still going to watch. If you're a football connoisseur like I am, it might hurt your eyes, but you're still going to watch. So our It Burns When You Pee game of the week is, what do you got for us, Seattle, Matt? For this week, we are traveling to the great state of New Mexico, where New Mexico State is on the road to take on in-state rival New Mexico. Beef, are you able to tell me the nicknames of New Mexico State in New Mexico? I didn't even know there was two fucking colleges. Did you know it was a state prior to this segment? No, of course not. You're like 80% of America. I understand that. All right, well, I'll help you out a little bit. New Mexico. Hey, there is something I do know about New Mexico. Taos. That's it. That's all I know. The Aggies of New Mexico State are traveling to Albuquerque to take on the New Mexico Lobos. And AJ, what is a Lobo? Oh, man, a Lobo. Hmm. I think it is a drunken hobo south of the border. Close. It is a wolf. But I have heard what you've said be called a wolf at times too, so we'll, we'll go partial credit on that one. This game, New Mexico State minus two. Over under is at 51. Now, Beef, you are 1-0 and on the year. Let's remind everybody, last week you took Northwestern in a beautiful dumpster fire win over UTAP. So you are 1-0 and on the year. AJ and I are going to hold you to this week by week. You got New Mexico State minus two. You got New Mexico. Well, the over under is at 51. Now this game is going to be 5 o'clock, evening game, under the desert stars. Who are you taking? Is this like... Are they both in Albuquerque, like east and west? Is this like a high they school game? They are not. New Mexico State is out of Las Cruces. It is not like Got a, it. you know, Germany in the 70s scenario or Berlin. I, I, uh, shit, I don't know, man. I'll go with the Aggies just because I have a boy who was an Aggie that I met in Colorado when I lived there. Josh, if you're listening, I'm an Aggie for this week. Is that New Mexico State or New Mexico? <laughs> No idea. Whichever one is an egg. He made a mistake. He should have took L. Wolf 
El Wolf. <laughs> El Wolf. So we have B for the Burns When You Pee Game of the Week, taking the New Mexico State Aggies at minus two. Put it on the board. They're going to lose by one. That's what I'm taking. You would mean win by one. That would burn. Sorry, what? I don't even... It's still burning. This is burning so bad. This segment sucks, man. What the fuck? Yeah, they win by one. What the fuck? Who cares? Well, you got a streak to maintain, Steve. This is what the people want to hear. You're right. You're right. I need to take this seriously. Yeah, you should let everybody know that I am picking these out of the blue. That's what's making these games so appealing to everybody. So not a lot of research and analysis is being done on these games. Uh, so just give your best effort here. Yeah, I got to take the Aggies, man. I'm, I'm sticking right. with my gut. Aggies all the way. All right, AJ, you heard it. I think that's it for the Big Ten backers this week. You going to say goodbye, fellas? Goodbye. God bless, everyone. Big Ten Backers Podcast. Follow our sponsors at NIL Fanboat on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also visit the website, nilfanboat.com. Oh, no Midwest goodbye today.